Good morning, City family. This morning, I thought it would be a good idea to bring to you a little bit of a call to worship. Uh, I, uh, like you, am, uh, well, spent a lot of time yesterday being bummed out about the, the forecast. It seems like we've uh, swung and missed several times for our first get-togethers outdoors. And, um, you know, I was tempted to real frustration and uh, despair. And I was just reminded of uh, some things that... Um, that really convicted me. I mentioned several of them. If you watch the video uh, that uh, we put out with the announcement that we would be uh, online today instead of in person again. Um, and I thought that it would be good for us to take a moment and reflect before we begin uh, so that we can be excited about this moment uh, and know that the Lord is with us in the midst of uh, what one I, I mentioned in, in our uh, in in that video, uh, Scott Sunquist, the president of Gordon uh, Cromwell Seminary, uh, he had uh, been quoted as saying that this pandemic and the effects that it's had on the church should be considered a kind of biological persecution. And of course, he's not talking about a biological weapon of any government or anything like that. The COVID-19 was somehow a persecution from some group or person, but rather a, a, um, a persecution that comes with the effects of the fall and that start to really crank up after the, the, uh, the uh, resurrection of Jesus. Uh, Jesus himself, himself speaks of this time. Remember, brothers and sisters, we are living in the last days. From the day that Jesus got up out of the grave to this one is the last days. And in those last days, two things are happening. We are experiencing the death throes of the enemy and we are experiencing the birth pains of the kingdom. And so I want to read from this passage so that you'll be encouraged that what we're experiencing right now with this, this, this biological uh, uh, persecution that we're facing, what we're experiencing is not unusual in the history of the church. If, uh, should the Lord tarry, it will not be unusual. And now is our time to be faithful in the midst of persecution. And today I want to celebrate that fact instead of mourning, instead of uh, whining, instead of feeling sorry for myself, instead of, you know, uh, being disappointed about the fact that we didn't get to get uh, together today. I want us to start off today with the right attitude. Uh, listen to this from Matthew uh, 24. As Jesus was, I shouldn't say attitude, I should say perspective. <laughs> emotions are what they are. I don't want to make you feel bad for your emotions, but here's the thing. When you have a divine perspective, your emotions usually uh, kind of change with that. Let me read from, <laughs> from Jesus, uh, Matthew chapter 24, verse 3. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately and tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? Uh, and Jesus answered this way. He said, watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places, and all of these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. You will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people because of the increase of wickedness. The love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. 
before the end will come. Praise be to God. Praise be to God that what we're experiencing is the beginning of birth pains. Um, and it's the birth pains of the kingdom. We're experiencing the death throes of the enemy, the birth pains of the kingdom. And uh, these persecutions that we are facing have faced many of our brothers and sisters through time. Most of history has been filled with time periods in, in, in various parts of the world where, where the church could not get together. I want us to spend one more day because next week, I, I you know, the Lord, Lord have his way. But I, I just know we're going to get together next week. We're going to figure this out. Uh, and if not, we're going to get back together. And if not, uh, in this life and the next. That's what this is telling us. We can be still and know that God will fight our battles. We can stand firm in the midst of wars, rumors of wars, pestilence, persecutions, all of those things, because of the fact that God is the same today as he was yesterday and will be tomorrow. And that, and this we can rest in, that his gospel will be preached. His gospel will be preached. It is good to be in the house of the Lord with you today. Uh, Ike and I have put together this, this uh, service on Saturday evening. We've pulled some songs from different um, uh, services that we've had in the past. They've been chosen uh, with lyrics that I'm going to encourage you. Um, and I want to start off right here as we should, uh, declaring to God uh, what is true. And that is this, that you did not create us, O Lord, um, to worry. You did not create us to fear. You created us for worship. And so that's what we're here to do, Lord. Lord, help us. Brothers and sisters, it's good to welcome you into the house of the Lord today. All right, brothers and sisters, um, this morning I'm going to be preaching the sermon that I would have preached to you outside in the open, glorious, shining sun uh, that we had planned to be in today uh, together. Uh, but I wanted to go ahead and stick with this sermon because I believe it's the word that God has for us today. Um, we will um, be coming to you this week with uh, some information about next week so you can be on the lookout. Uh, for that. But for right now, I want uh, to let you know that uh, kids, if you're in the room, uh, this sermon has been designed to keep you close. So you stay close to mom and dad. Um, and, and we're going to have a good time together. Uh, what is on my heart today is Psalm 122.1. That's what's in my heart today. That's what's in my heart today. What it says in Psalm 122.1 is this, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, let's go into the house of the Lord. I was glad. Are you glad this morning? I want you to be glad this morning. You're sitting in your houses. I'm sitting in my house, but I want us to be glad this morning. We didn't get to go to the park like we thought we were going to, but I want you to be glad this morning that you get to go into the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, let's go into the house of the Lord. The Hebrew word for glad is shemach. I was glad. I was joyful. I was gleeful. I was cheered up 
my face was brightened. I rejoiced. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let's go up into the house of the Lord. I'm so happy because we have come to the house of the Lord today. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are we in, are, are, are we in the church? Are we in the church building? Where's the, where's the big paintings on the wall? Where's the, uh, uh, where's the drums? Where's the instruments? Where's our, uh, our kingdom kids' rooms? Are we in the house of the Lord today? Are we in the church this morning? So kids, this is where I need your help. Are we in the house of the Lord today? Are we in the house of the Lord? Are we at church today? Are we? Let me hear you. Let me hear you. Say it at the TV. Come on now. Where are we? Someone uh, come up and say it. Get close to the TV if you, if you need to so I can hear you. Where are we? Where are you? Where am I? Yes. You're at your house. I'm at my house. We are not at the church building. Then how can we be still glad today? If you're at your house and I'm at my house, how can we still be glad? How can we still have Psalm 122, uh, a one in our hearts? I was glad when they said to me, let's let all of us go together into the house of the Lord. How can that be the case if you are at your house and where and I'm in my house? Or maybe this is a better question. If you are in your house and I'm in my house, how can we still be in the house of the Lord and be glad together? Let me ask you another question. Kids, does anybody know who wrote most of the Psalms? About in the middle of the Bible is a book called the Psalms. Does anybody want to come up and tell me what, the, what, what king, I'll give you a hint, what king in the Bible wrote most of the Psalms? Go ahead and holler it out. You can get the answer from your mom and dad if you don't have it. It's all right. Come on up and say it. That's right. That's right. I heard you. I heard you. King David. King David wrote the Psalms. Most of the Psalms are written by King David. Now, the Psalms are songs. They are songs. They are prayers. They are poems that the people of God have used for, uh, for worship in that, for thousands of years. They were made up by David and made up by other writers. Now, what do you use, kids, I'm talking to you now, when you write a poem, when you sing a song, when you, uh, when you draw a picture, when you, uh, uh, when you play in the backyard, when you make a movie at the house, what do you uh, use to make those things up? What do you call that? You use your what? Imagination. That's right. Imagination. Did you know that God gave us our imaginations, kids? God gave us our imaginations. Adults, did you know that God gave you an imagination? Kids, did you know that God gave adults imaginations? Do you know that your parents have imaginations? That may come as a surprise to you. David had an imagination. He was a grown-up, and he had an imagination. He liked to use his imagination. And in Psalm 122, he is using his imagination when he wrote that song. He was standing at the gates of Jerusalem, the holy city where God has told him to prepare a place for the building of the house of the Lord. 
It was going to be a magnificent house, a house where the people of God from all over the world could come and be in the presence of God, a place where the people of God from anywhere in the whole world could come and be comforted by God, uh, uh, where anybody could come, and if they had done something wrong, they could find forgiveness from God, a place where the peace of God would be present. And so no matter what you were going through, you could come in and feel the peace of the presence of God. That's the house that David was called to prepare the way for a magnificent house of prayer for all nations. That is the house that God had told David not to build, but to prepare the way for. God also told David, you're not going to build this house. You're going to prepare the way for it to be built. Listen to me now. This house, said the Lord to David, will be built not by you, but by your son. God said, my house is going to be built by your son, King David. And it was true. The house of the Lord, the temple, what's called the temple, would be built by David's son named Solomon, and it would be a magnificent house. But when David wrote Psalm 122, the temple was not yet built. When he wrote that song, he had to use his imagination and he had to see a magnificent building with his imagination, with his holy imagination that God gave him. He was looking forward to a house that he couldn't see with his eyes, but he knew was coming. Huh? Somebody knows where I'm going with this. Somebody say amen. And even though he couldn't see it with his eyes, it was no less Real kids, when you're using your imaginations, when you have a really uh, uh, intense dream and you wake up and it seems so real, and you really get to when you really get to playing and you lose track of time, it seems so real. That's what happened to David when he wrote Psalm 122. He said, "I was glad when they said to me." Let's go up to the house of the Lord. That house hadn't even been built yet, but he could see it with his imagination. Because David knew that that house, that house of God, would be a beautiful house. He knew it would be a beautiful house because the place where God meets with people is beautiful. He knew that the place where God meets with people would make him glad. Because it makes every soul glad to be in the presence of God. I want you to hear me say that, kids. I want you to hear me say that, adults. It makes every soul, every human spirit, every heart, every mind, every emotional uh, being, every physical being, glad to be in the presence of the one that made them. So David knew with his imagination that house, that house would make him happy. That house would make him rejoice. Just imagining being in the presence of God, with the people of God, made him shamach, made him glad, so glad that he wrote a song about it. And David, 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 when he writes this psalm, is glad for what is coming. He is glad that one day his son would build a house where God would meet with, with, with people from all over the world. Now, here's something funny, kids. Here's something funny. If we were to open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1, Here's what it says in the very first verse of chapter, uh, uh, the very first uh, verse of chapter one of the Gospel of Matthew. 
Uh, it would say this. It would say, this is the genealogy, or this is the family tree. You know what a family tree is? It's the story of uh, your great-grandparents and your grandparents and your parents and you. It's that line of people. In Matthew chapter 1, it would say this is the genealogy or the family tree of Jesus, Jesus the Messiah. And you know what it calls him? You know what Matthew chapter 1 calls Jesus? The son of David. The son of David. Jesus is the son of David? I've heard the Christmas story. Have you heard the Christmas story? I thought Jesus was the son of Joseph. I thought you just said, pastor, preacher, you just said Solomon was the son of David. Solomon was the son of David. How is Jesus the son of David? Well, Solomon was the first son of David. But then Solomon had a son, and his name was Rehoboam. And Rehoboam had a son, and his name was Abijah. And Abijah had a son, and his, son, and his name was Asa. And Asa had a son, and his son was named Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat had a son named Jehoram. And Jehoram had a son named Uzziah. And Uzziah had a son named Jotham. And Jotham had a son named Ahaz. And Ahaz had a son named Hezekiah. And Hezekiah had a son named Manasseh. And Manasseh had Ammon. And Ammon had Josiah. And Jehiah, Josiah had Jeconiah, who had Shealtiel, and who had Zerubbabel, who had Abihud, who had Elikim, who had Azor, who had Zadok, who had Achim, who had, Eli uh, I should have practiced this, Elud, Eleazar, Matthian, who had Jacob, and Jacob had Joseph, and Joseph was the husband of Mary, who was the mother of Jesus. And the Bible records, listen now, that Solomon was one of David's sons. But it's Jesus, who the Bible names as the son of David, the great, 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 grandson of David is called by the Bible the son of David. And this is important because it is the son of David who will build the house of the Lord where people from all nations can be in the presence of the Most High God. See, David's son Solomon did build a temple. And it was a beautiful building where people would come and pray and be forgiven and be near God. But it was just a shadow. It was just a practice run. It was just, have you ever watched one of those previews? Uh, the trailers on, 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 on a TV commercial or on YouTube for a movie that's coming out? That's what that temple was that Solomon built. It was a preview of coming attractions. It wasn't the real thing. It was just telling about the real thing. So when Jesus, the son of David, was born all those generations later, when he walked into Jerusalem while he was here on the earth, the city of his fathers, and he entered the temple that Solomon had built, and he said this, tear down this temple and I will build it again in three days. And the apostle John tells us plainly that he was not talking about the building, the bricks and mortar, the temple that Solomon built. He was talking about the new temple of his own body. That's what Jesus was talking about. Because you know the story. He, you know that he uh, went to the cross and he died. 
He was torn down. He died the death that you and I deserve for our sin. And then three days later, he built it back up. He rose up again. He was victorious over death. And in so doing, Jesus himself, listen now, Jesus himself becomes the place, the only place where people can be welcomed into the presence of God. As Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. That's what happens in the temple. You come to the Father, and you come to the Father through Jesus, the real temple. Hey, everybody, I got some good news for you today. Jesus is the house of God. Jesus is the house of God. See, a house is somewhere where you can go to get out of the storm. A house is a place where you can be safe and warm when the world is cold. A house is a place where you can be welcomed into a family. A house is a place of forgiveness and refuge and peace. And Jesus is that place of peace. Whether the winds are blowing, whether the death throes are happening, whether the birth pains are going on, he's that place of peace. Oh, on that day that David turned his imagination on and he got so excited and he sang, I was glad. I was glad when they said to me, let's go up in the house of the Lord. David didn't know how glad he could be. See, he was thinking of a house when he said that made of brick and mortar and stone and wood and that house made him glad. But God is always doing more than we can imagine, isn't he? He's always doing more than we can even think to imagine, kids. Nobody has an imagination like God. Our imaginations are not strong enough to to imagine what God imagines. What God imagines comes to pass. And David didn't know that he was imagining a building that could never fall down. When he said, I'm glad, I'm glad. When they said to me, let's go up into the house of the Lord, he thought he was thinking about, he thought he was uh, imagining a, 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 a building made of wood that could fall down. He didn't know he was thinking about a temple that could never fall. He was imagining a house that would stand forever in Jesus, the new temple where everyone can come and run to him and be safe forever. So kids, next week, I pray we're going to be outside together. We won't be in a building at all. We can still be in the house of God. This Sunday, We're a little disappointed because you're in your house and I'm in my house. We're watching each other other over the TV right now. But wherever we are, at any time of day, we can be glad. Because we are in the house of God together. If we will run to Jesus and say, Jesus, save me. Jesus, I want to be yours forever. Then we can rejoice and be glad. Because no matter how hard the winds blow and the rains fall, if we come to him, if we will come to Jesus, boys and girls, adults, men and women, we will be safe in the arms of God. Oh, I was glad when they said to me, let's go up into the house of the Lord. And here's another reason to be glad. There's a book in the Bible called 1 Peter. And it tells us something amazing. Peter says that if you come to Jesus and you come to Jesus and 
you come to Jesus and yeah, you sitting over in that chair over there come to Jesus and yeah, you sitting on the floor over here come to Jesus and, and, and yeah, you and your, and your uh, Mickey Mouse pajamas eating breakfast back in the back. If you come to Jesus and if I come to Jesus, something happens when we all get together. Whether we get together like this, whether we get together in person, whether we get together outside, whether we get together in a basement, whether we get together in a back bedroom somewhere, whether we get together in a huge cathedral, something happens when you and you and you and you and me come together, we get together. Let me just tell you what it says in 1 Peter chapter 2. It says this, as you come to him, as you come to him, as I come to him, as we come to Jesus, the living stone, listen now, the living stone, the living temple, the living building, the cornerstone, which is the stone that you build a building on, that's what Jesus is. The cornerstone rejected by humans, but chosen by God. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. So if you have Jesus in you, you become a brick in God's house. If you have Jesus in you, you become a brick in God's house. If I become, if I belong to Jesus, then I become a brick. And this, kids, is what a church is. A church is not a building made of stone and mortar and steel, but it is a house. It's a house made up of bricks like you and you and you and you and me. God puts us all together according to his will to be a place where people can come and when they are among us, they will meet Jesus, the same Jesus that you have in your heart and I have in my heart. When we are together, we can become a place where people can come and see God in how I treat you and you treat me. Feel the presence of God as we have Jesus in us. They can be welcomed into the family of God as we welcome in them into our house. This house that we are making by our lives together, this house can be a place where people can come and know that whatever they have done, Jesus can make all things new. This can be a place where people can come and know whatever their circumstances, this is a place of refuge. This is a place of peace. This is the house of the Lord among these people. Not in this building, but among these people. So kids, we don't need to be in the church building on Lafayette Street to come to the house of the Lord. We don't need to be at Conger Park to come to the house of the Lord. We can even sit in separate houses and we can still come to the house of the Lord because if Jesus is here among us, we are the building. We are the house of God. So let me just say again, I was glad when they said to me, let's go into the house of the Lord. Let's sing a song together and rejoice. I see you now, the day spring from on high. Amen and amen.